BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. My favorite one, actually, train museum, just specifically train museum, is is in Budapest. Mm. Yeah, it's niche. It's That's the best one. Can you take us and do a little docent? Uh, yeah, yes, I can. I drove a train there for the first time, so that was really fun. All aboard! Yes, another episode of Fanatics is happening, and I think you might even be able to guess the topic today. But before we get there, I am one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful, effervescent co-host, Claire Kramer. Good morning, Claire Kramer. Good morning, David. How are you? Delightful. Uh, We just had a very early morning episode with the wonderful... Augustus Prue, yes, from the Borgias, Prison Break, The Morning Show, that's where I met him, Search Party, Kick-Ass 2, Ibiza, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power coming to Amazon sooner than later. Yes, he was in New Zealand for a long time, but he comes to us today with his love of trains. Okay, first of all, this was one of my favorite episodes. Second of all, you worked with Augustus on The Morning Show. Is he just like as much fun in every moment of his life as he was on this podcast? Yeah. Brexit, I think, was happening right at the moment oh, we no. were <laughs> filming season one of The Morning Show. All the cast, we all would just sit in the green room and listen to Augie wax poetic about the highs and lows and travails and trip ups and uh, beautiful things and terrible things that were involved within the whole Brexit debate. And he was very good and eloquent in speaking all these things. And so that was one of my very endearing moments uh, to Augie. He just sort of educated all of us. We were all like, what's going on? He's like, well, as your resident British person, let me explain to you the issues. (laughs) But as you'll see today in the episode, he is just a knowledgeable educated guy who's very who's keeps so much in his brain you're going to hear all about not just his love of trains but you're going to hear about just the specifics of what trains do and are and how they came to be and the history of them and around the world but it's kind of cool he's got a really beautiful sexy little brain (laughs) i love it and he's just you know sometimes you have a personality that has a you know that's sort of like a high touch thinker like Augie clearly is and then a very you know dry sense of like you know delivery but he is so effervescent and and sort of outgoing and fun and curious that it just made talking about trains so exciting <laughs> Yeah, he really needs to be the ambassador for trains. I think if trains had a uh, 
an organization like the Worldwide Train Organization. I'm sure there is one, by the way. Someone's going to correct I'm me. I'm sure right there now. <laughs> <laughs> It may not be called that, the WWT. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't Leva Longoria the ambassador to something? She's the ambassador to something out there. All I know is she has a restaurant at the um, least and that. a baby. <laughs> but he needs to be he needs to be the ambassador for trains as the way Eva Longoria is the ambassador to whatever made up thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know what was a little shocking to me is when we were talking about first of all, I know the character as Thomas the train, but he was very insistent in calling him Thomas the tank, tank the tank which engine. is. The tank engine, yeah, that, that's the I guess the formal, the more formal or British name for the character. But it kind of made me think about, wow, that was the original Cars before like Pixar and Disney came out with Cars. Like Thomas was already chugging away, like educating people. So it's maybe maybe there's like a new movement for Thomas the Tank. I don't know. Maybe he could play Thomas the Tank in some sort of like, you know, spinoff or, you know, motion picture. What if it was like Polar Express meets Thomas the Tank with Augustus Prue and Tom Hanks? I think he'd be down for it. That's for sure. Yeah, me too. Would you say the train's leaving the station? Choo-choo. Here we go. (laughs) Augie, do you ever look in the mirror and imagine... Looking back at you is the face of Thomas, the tank engine train. Thomas the, yeah, ta- the tank. Thomas engine. the tank engine. David, come on, get it right. Thank you. Yes, the full <laughs> name. Yes, I do. I do. I see it in my dreams every day, and that was actually my favorite. In you know, all jokes aside, that actually was my favorite cartoon as a kid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Truly. Uh huh. And then there's Gordon, and then there's Henry, and then there's the Fat Controller, and I used to have the model train set for Thomas the Tank Engine, and I had all the videos like all the videos and that was like my first like inroad into into train videos which is a subsection of my passion slash obsession i actually have ocd so i love your passion it has its own subreddits oh yeah no, there's, there's little flags it's, it's all highlighted it's it's very you know it's a it's very structured in my head so i hope i can make it sound as structured and you can understand the the true level of insanity that trains hold in my head <laughs> well we want to understand that for sure in the, mm. in the next you know mm. half 30 minutes but in case anyone hasn't figured it out we have augustus prue on today and he is talking about his love of trains all trains every type of train and yeah i like i like david that you called it a subreddit in his mind we're gonna go deep <laughs> if you had to just give us the umbrella statement of love and passion for trains what would that be augustus i don't know it's 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 everything about them i ever since i was a kid i'm talking since i was like two if ever a train would go by i would uncontrollably start flapping i'd like my hands would like i just like i just like wouldn't be able to keep my stuff together at all. like truly just completely lost the plot i mean i would make my dad after school drive me to like we call them level crossings. You call them. You call them the. You know, over the top. Uh, what's it when the cars go over the top in America? What do you guys call them? We call them level crossings. It's like a, the gates go down. There's one in Highland Park. Railroad crossing. Yeah, exactly. We would go after school and just look at the level crossing and, and watch the trains go by. I would be like, I, I made this like really cute little envelope with like all my tickets that I'd ever been in, and I'd like record the number of the train at the front. I would make him go to King's Cross Station, which is the main station in London. And I would sit at the end of the platform, like 
there's like different, there's the 125. The 125, that's the diesel engine. That came in in like the late 60s. That was the first high-speed route. See, it's getting, it gets geeky real quick. Yeah, get, we, we oh, jump, we jump real, real fast into some intense things. This is just, a, this is just, this is Details. just me as a little kid. This is like historic Augie obsession developing subreddit. Which, which came first? Did Thomas the Tank introduce you to trains or did you love trains and so someone introduced you to Thomas the Tank? That's a bit of a chicken and egg question. That one. I, I mean, I mean, yes, the hard hitting stuff. That is tough. That's a real, that's a toughie. Um, do you know what I think it was actually? My dad was a photographer and he had a studio and his studio backed onto the Northern main line for London, which incidentally used to go into King's Cross. So I think my, I mean, I used to, after school, he would, I would go to his studio where he was taking photos and you could hear these trains slowly coming along the back of the studio. And I would always run out. And I think because when I would run out, I would scream and get really excited. And so I think he bought me Thomas the Tank Engine videos so that I would just shut up and not mm. scream every time a train went by. Because the train goes by like every two minutes. Do you know what I mean? So it was like a lot of energy. It was a lot. I'm a lot. I'm like five here. I truly, but I upgraded to videos about the technical engineering aspects of railways. So like, for instance, my favorite video was a video called the West Somerset Railway Cab Ride, which is literally just someone with a camcorder is in the front engine of a train going down this line in West Somerset, which is a place where my family are from. And it's just like an old steam train and it just goes down the track and that's it. And it's like a truly like an hour and a half video of just a guy driving a train. It never moves. It doesn't like, you know, cut into different shots or anything. It, it's, it's just the guy driving the train. And that was my favorite video. That's like the original version of the gamer videos now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like really analog, you know, like really. OG Twitch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then like, and I'd like rewind <laughs> it to go back over. It's like if the train was going over the level crossing, I'd rewind it a little bit to go back. Cause I like to see that bit. And then when it came into the station, I used to like how <sighs> the other thing about trains is like, it's the organization. It's not just the train itself, which I do find to be just a majestic piece of machinery. It's the history of the, the engineering. Like there was a guy called Isambard Kingdom Brunel. He was the, he was the guy who basically made trains a thing. He made that name up. I, I assure you, he is the main guy in Bristol. He did the Clifton Suspension Bridge. He was the first guy to figure out how to put a road. And then under the road, there's a, there's a, a canal where like for 1700 long boats in the, in the UK. And then under that, he figured out how to put a train in. So it's this like triple bridge. And it's the first time it had been done. And this guy was like a genius. He was, and he, he basically built what's called the West Coast Main Line in the, <laughs> so sad. I'm, I like cringe at myself. And yet at the same time, I, I can't control myself. No, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> How often do you find yourself on a train these days? Like actually on a train? Will you go out of your way to be on a train if you otherwise could use a different mode of transportation? I am the guy who uses public transport in LA for the trains. Only for the trains. I'm not interested in the buses. I'm only interested in the trains. Mm -hmm. I will scoot to the train. I will take that train that goes from Highland Park because it's all raised and it's beautiful. Yeah. But there's old bridges. I've cycled the there's the old railroad that you can go all the way from from Bayona Creek. So it's very LA centric now. But it's the old train. It's the old red car, the old Pacific red car, and you can take it all the way to Altadena. And at the top of Altadena, there's this amazing hike called the Cobb Estate Hike. 
this hike basically just follows the old railway and you can still like the tracks are still there and it goes right up to the top of the mountain take you like three hours to get up there and there's a whole little station up there there's old like rolling stock is still there there's an old red car up there it's just this station that's been completely forgotten about and abandoned and there's literally still cars up there it's wild so i'll do like i'll do stuff like that i'll literally like take a day out on my own on my bike and just follow the train track and imagine the route and how it would have been and then like i like how the new train in culver city goes over literally right underneath the old track and the old track you can actually still see it, it runs underneath it so it's like i like the history of it i like to see the old buildings that used to be the stations claire can we agree that that augie is the only person in los angeles who actively <laughs> seeks out metro la train transportation he's the only one that's come on the podcast that's for sure <laughs> i like that you know what i'm getting and my mind is like blown right now augie is you there's no delineation between the different levels of the architecture the mapping the machinery the whole it's it's a holistic it's the, approach it's the whole system that you're yeah. fanatical about and that's really yeah. unique usually we try to drill people down like is it this is it this is it that but it's it's a combo package it's the combo meal yeah it's the whole thing yeah i also like like the kind of geeky mm-hmm. i like train museums for instance unfortunately like travel town la it's just okay it's a bit sad actually it's like going to a zoo in a dodgy country it's the one in griffith park oh, it's a bit sad they've got all these beautiful pullman carriages which are really pullman are the orient express the original orient express carriages they have so you call them cars they have so many of them and they're just sitting there rusting and they got like they're mm-hmm. overexposed to the sun, so the wood has come off and the varnish has come off. And there's it's, like, birthday parties in oh, them, <laughs> and it's just like not the one. And it's just like there's one engine, but it looks really sad now. It hasn't been used for so long, and it's like you can see the track. My other favorite little like when you look at a track, a railroad track, you can tell how used it is by the wearing on the top of the track. So if it's rusty, the track is never used, and if it's you know if you can see yourself and if it's silver, you can you can tell by how often this track is used and what kind of rolling mm-hmm. stock use it, what kind of gauge of rolling stock use it. I'll get into that. We'll get to gauges, don't worry. Yeah, let's um, talk about we'll, that in a minute. Let's, we'll go back to Travel Town. Let's stay focused. I have ADHD, so I will bump all over the place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, speaking of Travel Town, have you ever currently or as a kid or do you plan in the future having train theme birthdays? Oh, I did. I, I mean, I, I used as a kid, I would always have train themed birthdays. Always, and I used to usually get a train set that was like the kind of like you know you know you know you're getting. I had the Eurostar train set 
always Hornby. Hornby was my favorite train set make, though I did have a really cool one from the Victorian era that was like a wind-up clockwork one that I used to get a kick out of. And I used to make like whole towns around trains, around my room. I do it all around. And then I started doing it around the house and I figured out ways to like make the train go down the stairs. And like, we're trying like, find like find the right bridges and like figure out like the cantilever bridge to get it to go across the kitchen cupboard you know like stuff like that mm-hmm. and my dream if i'm got so much money that it doesn't matter would be to like have a big yard and put a train around it like nothing would make me more happy than to have it like a like the travel town train in griffith park that's what Michael Jackson did yes. in Neverland. Yes. I mean, that's something he did right, we can say, no matter your opinion of him. Yes, let's, <laughs> like, yes. The train was good. The, let's go with that. The train just, was a good move. No, I would, and I would want like a steam engine because I also like, I used to go to, there's this thing called the Dorset Steam Fair and it's in Somerset and it's like loads of steam engines. See, that's not strictly a railway, but it, I mean, but it is though because they pull, they've also pulled rolling stock, but they, they also run on the road, but there are there's the same kind of mechanisms. And they were also incidentally designed by Isambard, Kingdom, Brunel. So I would have like a mini one that was, I was very proud of. And it taught me all about like steam locomotion and like, okay, so the, you know, you have the plate, the boilerplate, it boils the thing, goes up into the cylinder, and then it boils the thing, you know. And like it, and it, it taught me how about like mechanisms for railways, but then sort of like got me into just going to museums. So every any time I'm filming abroad, I will always go to the train museum. Always, I love going to museums. Have you been to the Musée d'Orsay in Paris? Yeah. Yes, I have. It's in an old railway station. It is. That's right. Musée d'Orsay. It's in the the old Gare d'Orsay. Yeah, it's very very beautiful. My favorite one, actually, train museum, just specifically train museum, is is in Budapest. Mm. Yeah, it's niche. It's that's the best one. Can you take us and do a little docent? Uh, yeah, yes, I can. I drove a train there for the first time, so that was really fun. Oh, how did that happen? Oh, yeah, well, continue. It's hungry, so you you get away with more. <laughs> a little more loosey goosey on the rules out there, you know? No, that's a really amazing one. So it's set around an old like Soviet like train yard. And these things are huge. And you've got this big turntable in the middle. The turntable is the thing that you t- literally turn engines around with. I don't know what they called it, but the, the UK term is a turntable. And the train drives on and they turn it around and it puts onto a different track. And it's how you get the train into the, into the depot. And this depot is, I've never seen anything like it. It's enormous. There must be like a hundred different locomotives. And it's like European carriages and rolling stock and freight stock but then there's also like russian rolling stock which is different because the track sizes are different this is the gauge size there are smaller gauges and then a a larger gauge and then there's a much wider gauge which is the original isambard kingdom brunel Mm -hmm. he created this there's the track he made it much wider on purpose so that you could have the trains could go faster and they'd be much heavier and they could go up hills much quicker but europe never did it because there was like a bit of a you know UK Europe divide about how wide the track on a train should be. Oh, we we need to talk about the channel. But can you oh. go back for a second to Budapest? Because I still am excited that you got to control a train for at least a period of time. Yes. How did that occur? How did it feel being there with some sort of control in your hands? Did you do your flapping thing that you did when you were a kid? On the inside. <laughs> I basically internalized the flapping thing. My My thing is I do this. That's now it's become like this, but sometimes it's just he's he's massaging his two hands like he's praying rapidly. And everyone always looks at you like it's cold. Like, no, oh yeah, it's, yeah, really cold in here. Uh, 
but mostly I'm just deeply trying not to completely lose my my in, entire control over my body. It was a really it was a it was a really good one. It was a it was one that they used for the Trans Siberian Express. So it's a big, huge engine, like nothing even bigger than an American engine. So like enormous, enormous, enormous. And I got to drive it down. It wasn't a huge amount of track, but it was about a mile. That's all. That's not nothing. I'll I'll take it. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. And then I got to put it on the turntable, turn it round. Ooh, you know, I like that. And then, that's and the specialty. That yeah. That's the special moment. source right there. Yeah. That's what, uh, you know, that's why Budapest Train Museum is my, I left a piece of my heart there, apparently. No, it was really, because it also went, you could, the train was basically, you went down the old track that went into the original station. This original station is like beautiful. That's the other part of trains that I also love are the stations. Like mm-hmm. St. Pancras Station in London is so beautiful. It's, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like a work of art. It's like a cathedral and these big vaulted ceilings, you know, these huge big archways, they were like developed specifically for the railways because it was a smart way to pull the smoke into the middle. And it was at the time had never really, had not been done before to that, to that enormous level. Like the, the span of these are huge. The original ones in Europe, enormous. I mean, and it's just like, I don't know, there's something about just like the public works of it all. Like, I'll stand at Grand Central Station right. every time. I don't care how, what age. I just did. I was just there a month ago and I was just, I just stood and I look up and I'm just in awe. And that's just a old New York subway. We're not even talking about like proper trains actually stopping right next to you on your left and right like you are. Well, they do have the, you know, they do have the trains coming in from Connecticut and, you know, upstate. But Augie's talking about that beautiful, like all these open glass, right? The feeling of the train right next to you. Like they do come in all shapes and sizes. It like evokes a sense of like, I don't know, I have nostalgia for an era I never lived in. But there's something about this sense of like caring about this public space. I, it's like I get the same feeling when I go to a theater. It's like, it's, 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 I can't, you know, or like if I go to really, and this is going to sound really crazy, but like a really beautiful post office. Like one of the, in America, mm-hmm. like all the New Deal ones with all the beautiful mosaics. Just like the fact that people cared about that public space in a way that I don't really think we do anymore. And, and it's Mm -hmm. just like, these things are built to last. I mean, there's like this, I mean, they're just so incredible and it's like, and they're quite fragile. There was a station in London called Euston station, which was the other, it's the, it's the, you got the, you got the East coast, the West coast and the Euston goes right up the middle of the country, takes you to Manchester and Euston in the sixties got torn down. And Euston had this really the, one of the original famous arches. It was it was the first station built in London. So you know historically very very significant. And it's incredibly sad that it was torn down. And what happened is the Euston Preservation Society, I think they called, bought every single brick, sourced every single brick, and then rebuilt it in a warehouse. Put them all into storage and rebuilt, and then kept the arch, rebuilt it. And now London City Council is going to try and buy it back off of them to rebuild the original Houston station because the, you know, the thing that's like concrete monstrosity they made in the sixties is now completely defunct. You know, it doesn't work anymore. Wow. So it's just like, there's something about, it's like, a, I don't know, it's like something visceral. It's like a celebration of like what humans can do together. Or well, something. it's history, it's commitment, it's nostalgia, it's respect. It's all those things like wrapped up into architecture and, and function, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And connecting people together too, right? Community. Yeah. So I was in New Zealand in 2020, and New Zealand have a really cool train. And I went to find it. I've ridden it. <laughs> the one over the Alps? It was in the northern part of the country. I don't remember the cities, but the cities that we went to or from on the train. But I, I have ridden in New Zealand, yes. So I did the train. So I did the Auckland train, but it was that's just like literally going on the subway, which is another thing, incidentally, that I'd make sure I do, even if I don't need to go anywhere. I just go on the subway in a city because I like them. But the South Island in, in New Zealand, so they, 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 their mountains are called the Alps. And there's this unbelievable train ride that just like it goes all the way. It takes about four hours and it goes all the way through up, up, up the mountains. And then, you know, you peak right at the top and there's all these beautiful viewing galleries and, the, you know, the gla- is a glass ceiling. So you can see the whole everything and there's an open air cart so you can go out and, and it goes through the mountains. And it's, again, it's a feat of engineering. It was originally built as a logging railway, but you know, has become this sort of tourist thing. But the main takeaway that I got from on this train to speak to the community element is we all made, we made so many friends that day. I mean, we like, we shared a table with someone and then, and then we kind of got musical chairs with it and sort of like everybody, I mean, this whole, by the end, this whole car, like I'm talking like 50 people, we were like, good luck on your wedding, Brad, and good luck. On, you know, it's like this like, sense of like, you don't get that on a freeway. You don't get that. No. In, you don't get that on, you don't <laughs> no, get that on no, you a do plane. Not. You don't get that on a plane. <laughs> you know, you de- it's just like, you know, if anything, I really don't want to talk to the person on a plane. I don't know what it is about planes that makes everyone so awful, but it just makes everyone so no one is nice on a plane. Everyone has this kind of like, I'm just going to look at the screen. and There's something about... I don't know what it is about the train. What is it about that design? That kind of is what fascinates. What is it about that that makes people commune more? I, I, it's like, is it because you can move? Is it because there's like yeah. a, a dining car? You can move. There's space to allow communication and community. I think you nailed it. There's alcohol. And alcohol. <laughs> and booze. Booze helps. There's an elegance also, you know, that's perpetuated from film and television but okay i have so many questions augie but let me start here so you wake up uh and it's a great sunny day Mm. in southern california or Mm. wherever you in the Mm -hmm. uk it doesn't matter you have the choice of going on a hike of train tracks you have the choice Mm -hmm. of riding you have the choice of going to museum you have the choice of studying the maps like how do you determine emotionally where you want to be at any given day with this train situation in your in your mind so my house, and this is one of the reasons we bought it, not joking, backs onto a train yard. So the first thing I do in the morning is I make my coffee and I go sit on my porch and I watch the trains couple up. They're not even that, that exciting. But I mean, the, the big Union Pacific, the big, you know, the big yellow, you know, like, it's a train. And I love that because, you know, those are like the trains of my dreams as a kid. It was like, oh, these big American trains that are like you know, a dip and they put eight of them together and they're double decker. And it's like, wow, they, they basically like, they don't have a turntable. See what they have to do is they take the train off, put it onto a different track. It goes back along and then, it, and you can hear it like coupling up and you can hear it like shunting and moving. And it's like, even just those sounds I find like you can hear them at night and the wheels kind of squeak, like, like just like squeaking and just like the, the, them coupling. I find it, it's like listening to rain noise for me. It's like deeply comforting or something. And that's how I whip my whistle on a daily basis. My little, my little train fix. It's just right out front of my door. Like my favorite it. restaurant in LA is Momed because it backs onto the Union Station mainline, ah. and the train ah. goes by all the time, and I love it. So, 
I mean, you know, I like I like to give myself the idea of like a fun trip that has a trainer. I like to have like a long goal. For instance, the next train I want to take in the United States, there's a really good train that goes from Flagstaff and it's a steam engine and it goes all the way through the Grand Canyon. I've taken it. I took my kids on it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It actually starts in Wilmington, Arizona, I believe, and goes then through Flagstaff and then into the canyon. And it's amazing. That is, I went to Flagstaff by accident. We were driving across. Most people do. (laughs) I actually really liked it. And I didn't know that there was, they have a beautiful station in Flagstaff. I didn't know that that was such a a sort of railroady element because of all the logging. Mm -hmm. But that's my next, that's my next, my last train trip that I did in the United States was to Yosemite. It's a great train that goes through Yosemite Valley as well. So we, we did, we did that one. But I just realized that my screensaver on my phone is from that trip. There's there's us before we got on the train in the little town. Come on. I know. So I get it. The culture is so that amazing. Little train, that little train magic. It's, it gets mm-hmm. uh, There is something about it, isn't it? It's like a very family thing. It's a suspension of disbelief without being in the theater. You're actually mm-hmm. like putting your body out of the ordinary into a unique experience. You know, especially when you do like the journey train, like the, the mm-hmm. experiential train trips. You know, not so much obviously the subway. Then you have a goal of getting from point A to point B. But when you actually make a commitment to doing something like that train ride, or I, I don't know, I'm for some reason I keep getting advertised the Napa Valley train ride on my Ooh. Facebook. <laughs> I'm not sure I why, but. You I'm like, wine, that looks Claire, great. Yeah, the wine train. I'm like, I'm so into the wine train. That sounds fun. There's a good wine train that goes up to oh, Paso de Robles. And it goes from Union Station. And it's about oh, seven really? hours to Paso de Robles. It's nice. It's good. I didn't um, know that. It's a cute, it's a good train. It's a big double-decker train. Again, the weird thing for me about that train, the West Coast train versus the East Coast train situation. America for trains... It's interesting because of, of because it's a little oldie-worldie for me. It's kind of like still stuck in like 1960 to 1985. Like that's kind of where the technology is at. But that's kind of fascinating for me because it kind of has this sort of like faded glamour or something. And that train line is, is exactly that because it's, at first it's just a single track. There are no two tracks. That is insane. That is insane. In America, but the main line coming out of Union Station, the main track coming out of Union Station is a single and they have to do this old school 1960s thing. So they have these, I forget what they're called, but they're these big kind of like, um, they're called a, a signaling yard in the UK, but I, I don't know what they're called here. But anyway, they're like big kind of like, it's like circular piece of wire, thick wire. It looks like a bit like a coat hanger and it's got a little key off the end of it. And it's how you know, it's how the trains know that they've passed. Pre-electric signals, this was. This is the technology that the, that, that line is still using. Like you, you see the conductor hold it out and the other conductor going the other way on the other train on the on the on the passing track takes the thing and that's how you know that the train is safely passed and you can change the points again that, that is, is insane what that's the that's main trust for california is that cr- yeah right that's crazy what if you lose it that's blind trust like victorian technology it's what they do on the west somerset railway because it like the electronic signals didn't exist yet it's like what Well, the other thing that this is now bringing up for me is I'm remembering all these train rides I've taken. I also took the train from Anchorage to Juneau in Alaska, and that was an amazing one because it was all open air. Yeah. Now, I grew up in New York City, so I did this 
which probably I haven't been back in a while. I would probably not do this anymore. But I used to like switch cars while the train, the subway was going. You know, you walk up yeah. to the front car. If you are getting off, you know your stop is, you know, you need to be at that end of the station or you walk to the back car. Absolutely. I used to do that. So we were doing that on this on this train in Alaska, you know, on this day trip. And it was insane because literally the it was also single track and literally the tracks you look over and you're just like off the side of a cliff. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it it was amazing. I highly recommend that trip. Yeah, I bet you that was probably a narrow gauge line because very, the lines, very narrow. Yes. Very what I would consider like old school. You know yes. what I mean? Very visible, dark wood rails. A lot of American trains are. It's weird. It, it's because it's because they were going through forests and because they had to go around these teeny, 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 weeny little cliffs. It's like they just literally didn't have the space for a wide gauge. So it's oh, everything's quite narrow. It's kind of weird though because it makes the cars more top heavy. You're right. It, it kind of they kind of feel like they're going to like clunk off the side, yeah. which is also like a fun little cheeky thrill, <laughs> right? Do you like Angel's Flight in Los Angeles? Oh, kind of tick tick ticks up. It's called a rack and pinion funicular railway because that's history. That's like you could you give them the quarter. For those who don't know, it's this little very adorable train. You got I have to paint the picture for a second for do people it. who are like what? So it's this adorable. Actually, why don't you do it since you're our guest and you love sure. paint the picture? So it used to be on Bunker Hill, and it was like actually the first. It was the first train, the kind of like uh, municipal railway built, and it would connect people to the top of the hill from the bottom of the hill to Grand Central Market. Basically, it was actually it moved. Did you know that it used to be the next block over? I originally. didn't know. I thought it was always there. It was originally on the other block, but they moved it to save it. But it's this beautiful, it's painted orange, and it's like this mm-hmm. kind of like art deco architecture that's just kind of like, it's a quarter funicular railway. So you have two cars at either end, and they basically pull each other. So like the weight of one at the top pulls the one at the bottom up, and then they share a track, and they meet in the middle, and they pass each other, and then they go, and then they go back up. And I think this, I'm, I, this one is now electric. Originally, funiculars were water. And mm. there's one, again, in, in Budapest, there's another really good one that was built. It's called the Gellert. Your second home. Apparently so. It's getting a lot of airtime. It's just good. It's really good for trains. It's just the trains. It really is. It would take you from the Buda. So Budapest, there's Buda and there's Pest. Pest is on the floodplain. Buda is up at the top. That was where all the nobles used to live. We're talking like medieval vibes. And so they built a railway in the 1800s there to because it's quite a high hill to take people up. Um, and what would happen is that you, they would pump water to the top and then they would they would put water underneath the top car and that would make the top car so much heavier that it would pull it would the gravity would pull it down and it and, a, and it would be connected to the to the other train and that would pull it up and it's essentially this this little it's this little almost trolley car that yeah. goes from the bottom of a, a hill to the top of a hill and it's the most adorable it's like the before escalators it was yeah. this was what it was and i took photos with my wife on our wedding day. Did you? Downtown Aww, wedding. That's so fun. Photos of us and her and her beautiful wedding dress and me and my beautiful grooms. Actually, speaking of weddings, Augie, Jeffrey, your husband. That's correct. Wonderful, talented actor. He is down with all the trains. Was Did he have a test from you early on? Did you bring him <laughs> on a train just to see how he'd feel? Like, did he know that he was getting into all of this quick or did this come about later in your courting? No, he's. I'm pretty vocal about it. He knew. He knew about it. I will say we didn't do a train trip until we went to Somerset, 
which is where I'm from. And then he kind of realized, oh, this guy's, this guy's nuts. But by that point, it had been a few months in. So I kind of, you know, I kind of got away with it. And, but I would, our first date was around downtown. And I will say we did take the train to go from, because we kind of walked for so long that by the end, I used to live in, I used to live in the jewelry trades building, which is in the center of downtown. So you can take a train that goes all the way back and there's a station right there. And I took him on the train. It was all very exciting. But most of the time he indulges me. Like we do games night once a week and we will always play a round of Ticket to Ride, which is, <laughs> needs, it needs an honorable mention, right? If we're talking trains, you got to talk about Ticket to Ride. It's a really great board game where you capture the pioneering spirit of the railways basic monopoly i hope you use that voice i do yes i do you build <laughs> railroads basically you collect railroads and you and you build them across america it's i don't know i get a bit i get a bit maniacal with it though i know i become like an evil sort of like 1800s rail tycoon you know just like <laughs> whatever it's a great game very popular game and it's fun have you played the european version I have not played the European version, but now I'm going to go order it off Amazon right now. <laughs> I'm also a game person, so that oh, is... Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my kids. Yeah, we, we love board games. Okay, before David gets to the love letter, because I, I know that... Oh, I can't wait for this love letter, by the way. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> Two things. One... I grew up in Ohio, which is like, you know, heart of America, I guess you could say. Mm. And... Right near my house was train tracks. And I remember, like right now, every morning in LA, my sprinkler system goes off at 6 a.m. and I know it's time to get up. That's like, I don't set an alarm. I just, my, when the sounds outside wake me up, I'm up. Every mm. night at, I think, like 1.30 and 5 in the morning, a train would go by and I'd hear the, uh, like, and mm. that is like ingrained in my memory so deeply. I hadn't actually thought of it until this. Like, is there a certain sound or moment or something that like you Ooh. hear and you're just like, oh, that is that is it. That is taking me to my happy place. What's your sense memory memory? He's looking up. He's looking up longingly. I am looking into my I'm looking up into my memory deck in my mind head. Yeah. My mind palace of trains. The West Somerset Railway is where my grandma lived. She lived at one end of the line. You could hear, it's like they had these beautiful old steam locomotives from the, from the Victorian era, like really, really old, beautiful ones. And they make this very distinctive whistle noise. And every time they go over a level crossing, because there are no gates, because it's that old school, you, they blow the whistle. And, it, and, it, and it's, there's these hills called the Quantocks in Somerset. And, and the, because the train goes through the Quantocks, whenever they blow the whistle, it like echoes all off the, all the hills. And it's like, boop, 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 boop. and every time it would happen, I go, oh, there's a train. And it'd be like, yeah, that's a train. Where can you, oh, can I see it? It was just, I wouldn't be able to not try to look for the train. It's like a dog with a bone. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, and I think every time I hear like a train whistle, or I think that's what it is about the, like the recoupling noise. Cause they always give a couple toots as well. I think it's just that classic train noise. It's just like, it evokes so much <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> on so many levels well this leads into my my question before the final moment here uh, i always like to ask why and so if you could be if you could be your own therapist what do you think what do you think a therapist would say back when uh, he or she might say to you well i think this is this is probably what it really means for you this train obsession 
I kind of think we touched on this earlier, but I, I won't put words in your mouth again. <laughs> I'll let you. I think it's it's the sense of nostalgia. I think I find it comforting. I've, like we're talking Augie Child or Augie Contemporary, because I think the reasons are different. I think now it's because it evokes a sense of nostalgia and a sense of community and a sense of like travel. You know, like tra- I like I've, I'm I'm an immigrant. I've always traveled a lot. I travel a lot for work. I think like trains evoke this like idea of like the glamour of travel or something or like just like it's it's like elegant and it's i think on as a kid i think i just simply liked the machinery i just found the machinery to be beautiful i think powerful is a word i would use maybe there's some phallic connotations in there as a as a as a closeted gay kid was is it something like it's this sort of like powerful i don't know like there's like mm, do you know what I mean? It, it like cuts mm-hmm. through the countryside. It's like beautiful. It's like there's something epic about it. Strong. Yeah. You know, it's that it's yeah. it's there's something honestly spiritual about it for me. It's like when I walk into a station, it's a, it's a it's a little bit of a religious experience. If I was religious, it, I would say it was sort of like this, you know, communing with with the divine or something. It's there's something like I don't know. It's that. Yeah. It's also just I just think they're beautiful. It's home. It's home. It is. It feels like home. That it's is home. what it is, I think. I love it. I love it. And now the total opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> for all for all those kids that grew up in the country like me. Have you ever put a penny on the tracks and flattened it? Yes, I have. In India. It's amazing. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. I love it. We We used to do that all the time. And David, we can talk more about that after. It's wild. And it's you wild. Pick them up and they're hot. Yeah. They're really hot <laughs> when you pick them up. Oh, they yeah, like burn like, you. Sh- I made that mistake. Yeah. Augie, we're going to go like hike up to the Altadena place, do something fun, state, put maybe. a penny on the tracks, do the wine train. I'm in with you. I'm in with you. Augie, this whole thing was a love letter, but if you were to actually do a love letter to trains, please regale us. Dear trains, thank you for helping me commune with the divine. Thank you for helping me connect with the sense of wonder and excitement within myself Thank you for helping me commune and see the joy of travel, for being beautiful machinery that connected the world together, for the history, for the elegance, for the sheer joy of watching Thomas the Tank Engine, and for the lifelong passion. I thank you, Trains. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love it. Choo-choo, baby. Choo-choo. That was delightful. Thank you, Augie. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. 
Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, David, <laughs> I dropped this in at the very end of the episode, which, by the way, I felt like we could have gone another 30 minutes. Oh, I yeah. would have been like easily. Ha- Maybe we need a part two with Augie. But I dropped this bit in and I'm curious. Did you even know what I was talking about, about putting like a penny on the track? No. Or a coin on the track? My common sense caught up with me and I understand what you guys are referring to. Because I was like, oh, that's cool. I get that. But no, I've never heard of it. I didn't know that's something that people did. Well, long before the internet (laughs) and when I was a child, it was an urban legend that you could derail a train by putting a coin on the track. Like, yeah. And so it was kind of like this thing that was risky to do, Mm. but also like extremely cool. Now, turns out after some quick Googling that a penny is not big enough to actually derail a train. Feels a little small. However, when you're 10 or 12 in, you know, Midwestern Ohio, you don't know that. So you feel like you're like risking it all for the flattened penny. There was this place by my house I talked about the train tracks that went through our town. We had multiple tracks, but this one particular line. And if I went a couple blocks away from my house, there was a quarry called Blue Limestone. And the train went across the top of the quarry. And so you would go back in the day and you'd walk through this tunnel and then you could climb up the other side and that you could jump off into the quarry if you wanted to, or that's where you would go to flatten your pennies. And that is like what we did as kids. So dangerous, by the way. I hope my kids don't do this because the train wasn't even slowing down. It wasn't a, it wasn't a crossing station, you know, it was going like full speed. So God forbid someone got, you know, this is not a Claire Kramer endorsement. This is a, no, don't do it. Just take my word for it. It's a cool experience. (laughs) Have what have you ridden a train, David? Oh yeah. Claire, you know what's just kind of cool? I mentioned, you know, on our wedding day we went to Angel's Flight, but my wedding was at Union Station. Oh. I got married at the train station. I got married in the old ticketing booth that you see in all the movies and all the commercials. And that was where we had it. When we had our rehearsal dinner, we did the rehearsal at the train station. And then said, all right, everybody, we're going to dinner. And we made everybody, including my 80-year-old grandpa on a cane, that was a bad move, go into the train station on the subway and take the train to the restaurant. And so we tried to make it so we have all these wonderful pictures of all of our friends and family from the rehearsal dinner in the subway with all the photos of just us riding on over. It was very fun. And Sarah, my wife, made the invitation like you're getting a train ticket i mean oh i love that it was very very that is so cool what a what a unique like fun spin on the nuptial experience trains are cool trains are cool trains are cool trains mean journey right trains are fun you can look out the window and i think what augie was saying you get to move around right you can actually have time to talk to people and have community if you want to meet a stranger you can meet a stranger somehow we didn't even talk about harry potter and all this there's so many i mean there's you know hell on wheels there's harry potter there's murder on the orient express there's you know there's so many awesome train scenes and moments in movies that we did not discuss (laughs) 
We might need him back. We might need him back. You know what? Next time, like, I want to know how deep his, like, savantness with train infrastructure goes. And I want to, like, I want to give him some quizzes. Like, okay, in Los Angeles, going from North Hollywood to Union Station or in Manhattan, if you're going from 14th Street to 28th Street, what line are you taking? You know, I just want to, like, I want to touch on that a little bit next time with Augie. You want to put him to the test. I do. Because that was one of the fun things for me living in New York City was having, I was one of the people that didn't rely on maps as much. Like I prided myself on knowing like, well, you got to take, you know, the NR to the L over on, you know, and then you got to hop on to go to Brooklyn, you know. And so now I go back and of course I have to look at the map, kind of, but they're, the trains really haven't changed, so I guess not really. I'm just shocked at how much it costs to ride them now. It's expensive. When I started riding, it was it was 90 cents a ride. I know. The times have changed. Inflation, it's getting real. It is. I went to New York, like I said, a, a month or two ago, wherever it was, and it was my first time. I think I've been doing it for a year, but you can just tap your credit card. It's insane. And then go right in. I'm like, See, that is sexy I remember as the hell. times <laughs> of tokens before the Metro cards. Yeah. It was the token. Tokens. And now, I, I don't know. I, I miss that. That nostalgia, that is a piece of what, you know, Augie was talking about that is like the tangible piece of history that's that's gone. Connects us to childhood. It connects us to simpler time. And you can always count on the train. Speaking of what you can always count on, you can count on Fanatics Podcast to drop a new episode mm-hmm. every dang Thursday. Guys, thanks for listening, liking, subscribing, following, sharing, listening, posting, hugging. Hey, and speaking of sharing, share with your friends. Introduce someone who loves trains to this episode. Right, David? Yeah, because we all now know everyone loves trains. I think that's the title of this episode. I mean, after this episode, I'm like, (laughs) I do love trains. See you next Thursday. Bye. You wanted a little sneak peek of next week's episode? Well, no problem. Here you go. We have on Miss Rena Sofer. Yes, you know her as the Emmy Award-winning actress from General Hospital. She's currently on The Bold and the Beautiful and maybe even caught her on Once Upon a Time. Guys... She loves pottery. She's going to teach you about throwing clay. And we ain't going to throw any shade on her because it's cool. See you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. All aboard. All aboard. I'm not bored. I'm not bored. Because we're on a train with Augustus Prue. Don't you wish you were there too?